If you don't think about the future, then you cannot have one. So wrote John Galsworthy. Meanwhile, Alan Kay said that the best way to predict the future is to invent it. On this series of the History of Advertising podcast, we've been looking at some of the most successful, memorable, and downright delightful campaigns in recent memory. But today, we are casting our minds towards what cannot be seen. The future. We've asked each of our contributors to talk about what will be and what should be in the future of Adland. First up, we have Rosie Arnold. Rosie has been responsible for iconic ads for brands including Levi, Bailey's and Yo Valley. I think the industry needs to be shaken up at the moment because uh, when I joined, there was real mutual um, respect between agencies and clients. Clients valued your um, creative input. Now, I think everybody thinks they are a creative. Um, so, you know, anybody has an idea and, and there's constant interference all the way up in, into making an ad. So in the past, you know, I would come up with an idea and you know, the client might not even go on the shoot and you'd show them an edit, but you'd go to an editing suite because they couldn't take it home with them. So, you know, now you get the client takes it home and then they go on frame 32. I don't like her expression. Can we change it? And I don't like this edit. Can we change that? And because they can look at it again and again and again. And it just, you know, there is no very little respect for the craft and, and the director. And just everybody thinks they can do that, which I find very frustrating because I don't tell everybody on set what to do. I don't have the audacity to think that I'm a better lighting camera person than the lighting camera person, but that seems to me how a lot of creatives are treated. Rosie also feels there needs to be more monetary value placed on creatives work. The other thing that I think is very badly broken is the remuneration. And I feel uh, the constant changes, the constant brief changes when you know the deadline remains the same, and the fact that the clients don't expect to pay for that. So my analogy is, imagine I'm having the room redecorated and I agree on a colour with the painter and decorator. Halfway through, I go, no, 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 I don't like the colour. Can you paint it blue? Oh, no, 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 can you paint it pink? No, no, I don't like, and they paint it yellow. And I'm like, hmm, yeah. At no point have I paid them for the extra paint or the time it's taken or the redoing it. And I just, and I go, well, I, I let you do that because you can now go and show this work to somebody else and you'll get paid properly by somebody else. So there's this constant ask for people to do things either for free or very low costs because you're doing them a favour. That's the client thinks you're doing them a favour or they just don't want to pay. And I, I feel until that is, you know, broken, they just think they treat ideas as worthless. And in terms of advice for the creatives of the future, Trevor Robinson, OBE, believes there needs to be a greater focus on centering the brand. Trevor is the creative director and founder of ad agency and production company, Quiet Storm. He created the award-winning Orange Tango campaign and has worked for several big brands including Haribo, Martini, MTV and several others. Here, he explains what it takes to come up with a good idea for an ad. I think the, 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 the real crack of it for an idea is, yes, make them laugh, but no one wants to laugh at the same old joke that you've heard time and time again. So you've got to surprise them. And you've got, you got to make it absolutely fundamental. The product has to be a part of it. It has to, be, it has to come from the DNA of, of the brand that you're dealing with. And I think that's what sometimes you see, I see ads and I kind of go, well, you could have shoehorned any brand name at the end there. 
You could have put anybody, and I, I won't mention any names because I think they're excellent ads, but you kind of got, felt like the, you know, the creatives have had that in their bottom drawer for quite a bit, and they've managed to get a client to buy it, and it, they're picking up awards for it. And but you kind of go, actually, that was that didn't what didn't come up because of the brand at all. It came up because it's a great idea, and it might seem like a small thing, but I think is why people don't remember the brand, remember the ideas. And, and I think that's, that's where it's going wrong. Trevor is excited by the challenges presented by new and emerging platforms. For me, that you, a person that used to spend hours walking around exhibitions and libraries and stuff like that and, and watching every film that's ever been made. And, you know, I've never been a big book reader. I think I've been more of a, a love in, with theatre and movies, but... I've, I've, I'm, I love submerging myself with, with ideas. So the internet and what's out there and what all the different platforms is very exciting. And it can't, you can't help, but it ends up in your work. You know, I don't have a crystal ball in terms of how advertising is going to be in the future, but I do see it with myself. As long as, as long as you can see a nucleus of idea and in that platform and excited about it, I'll start being able to convert that into an idea, whether it's a poster, whether it's a, a TV ad, or whether it's something a bit less con, uh, conventional. I think a lot more ideas is going to come out of that, and it's going to get you at different places at different times, not necessarily sat in front of telly, because people are like on their phones, on their computer, and watching the telly. And, you know, so I think it's going to become the game's going to get a lot more richer because. It's it. How we sell an idea is going to have to be has to evolve, and that's quite exciting, I think. Richard Brim is creative director at Adam Adiv DDB, and has worked on campaigns for brands including Samsung, Harvey Nichols, and John Lewis. He's also excited by new platforms, but believes that some fundamentals will always remain the same. Everything's constantly changing, and the only thing, the only thing you can grab hold of is the importance of a good idea. Of, of that initial thinking. If you have that, then all those different things become tools as opposed to the idea. So what happened? What's what, what's happened? Where people people have failed, I think, a little bit is 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 the the mediums become the idea. So oh, we need a Facebook thing, or we need a this thing, or we need a. Uh, it's all about digital. It's all about it's all about customer experience, and that's and everything else is. Yes, it is, but it's about everything, and it's about everything holistically. And if you've got if you've got a great idea and a great brand soul in the middle of it, then 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 rather than everything becoming everything, then just becomes tools as opposed to the thing. And and we talk now about infiltrating culture. It's not a new thing. That's what that's what we always do and always have done at our best. The rise of new platforms also creates a headache for the ASA the gatekeepers of the ad industry, who are responsible for regulating ads. Lord Christopher Smith was Secretary of State for Culture, Media and Sport during Tony Blair's first term. However, from 2007 to 2017, he was, among other things, Chairman of the ASA. Here, he talks about how the ASA had to adopt to the rise of fraudulent ads on the internet. The major new challenge that faced us um, it was um, uh, quite early on in my time at the ASA, was 
what on earth do we do about the explosion of advertising on social media? What uh, became very obvious very quickly was um, lots of advertising on companies' own websites, um, uh, in uh, uh, blogs and vlogs, um, social influencers were uh, uh, being paid by companies to push particular products and so on. Um, what were we going to do with all of this? And also, if we were going to set about regulating, how were we going to fund the uh, regulatory process? And what sanctions could we, uh, could we have? Uh, because uh, there was an agreement in the traditional media outlets that um, if we banned an ad, then uh, the, uh, the, the medium in which it appeared would refuse to take that ad ever again. Um, uh, the same uh, was much more difficult to implement in the online sphere. Current ASA chairman Guy Parker is still dealing with the challenge of fractured platforms, not only in terms of how to regulate the ads, but also how to find them in the first place. We are, we are increasingly using technology to regulate better. Um, some of the challenges of regulating advertising, particularly online advertising, um, are to do with the, the, the pace of technological evolution um, and innovation, but they're also to do with the scale challenge. Um, so the paid ad area, the, the challenge is how do we know who is seeing what online when it comes to paid ads? How, do, how does the regulator know? How does anyone know? We're served ads based on our own profile. Um, you know, but behavioral targeting means that if you and I go to the same web page at exactly the same time, we will almost certainly be served a different ad. Um, well, our response to that is to is to run a program um, of what we call avatar monitoring, and also a, a separate but similar program of what we call CCTV monitoring, where we where we create avatars, for example, that mimic. That, that, that present themselves to the digital advertising ecosystem as if they were a, a young child. Um, they present as that and they get served ads as if they were um, that aged child. We capture the ads, uh, we review them, and we check whether or not they're being appropriately targeted. And given that there are certain types of ads like alcohol ads, gambling ads, e-cigarette um, ads, ads for foods high in fat, salt and sugar, that shouldn't be targeted at either under 18s or under 16s, if, if those types of ads are turning up and are being served to our avatars, we know there's a problem and we can take action on the back of it. Whilst some things are always destined to stay the same, there will be challenges in the future of advertising that the industry needs to be prepared for, and some that they probably don't even know about yet. The History of Advertising podcast was presented by Jack Meggett Phillips and featured contributions from Rosie Arnold, Trevor Robinson, OBE, Richard Brim, Lord Christopher Smith, and Guy Parker. The programme was produced by Jane Jarvis and Jack Meggett Phillips. If you want to learn more about the ads featured on this programme, please visit the History of Advertising Trust. You can book a visit by emailing inquiries at hatads.org.uk.